Your 40s are a pivotal stage in your financial life. This decade has the opportunity to set you up for retirement and the rest of your life, so you're not worrying about your finances all the time. On today's episode, we look at what financial moves you should be making in your 40s. Enjoy. Everything we talk about on today's podcast is general advice only because we don't know your individual personal situation. Before you act on anything we've spoken about, you should chat to your financial advisor. And if you don't have one, feel free to reach out to us. Now, on to today's show. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Wealth Collective podcast. I'm Zach Masters, and today, as usual, I'm joined by Pete Pennycott from Picarda and Anthony Malvazo from AJM Advisory Group. How are we going, gents? Fantastic. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the uh, lockdown and the extension as of last week is, yeah, sort of taken a little bit of the wind out of the sails, I'd say. And um, it's really hoping that childcare and babysitting was right around the corner. But you know, this is what parenting's all about. I'm earning my stripes at the moment. How about you, Anthony? I was actually hoping the pub was around the corner, but... <laughs> <laughs> 2020 by the look, looks of things, but uh, yeah, just try to fill in the time. I've always wanted to watch The Wire, so uh, that's that's uh, that's something that I'm trying to stream and just going to try and get into that to fill in these, hopefully, last couple of weeks. How are you tracking, Zach? Yeah, not too bad. Um, like you, I'm a, and like both of you, I'm a little bit um, not bored at the moment, but I guess getting sick of being locked inside and locked um, in the same four walls and seeing the same people um all the time but uh but if you yeah, think I've been about looking it, at the wire a little bit too when have you ever walked for more than an hour like when have you ever done anything for more than an hour my, never. my steps have never been lower my steps <laughs> are at an all-time i walk to the office that's more than what i'd do in the day i looked the other day and i've done like a thousand steps which is like yeah. usually i was easily hitting ten thousand a day um oh, just sure. I'd i think show, show the show the listeners you you are in the show notes phone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, honestly, Zach steps. Thanks. I think it's a. I don't think you ever hit ten thousand in your life unless you're at a music festival. <laughs> easily, easily. Um, so yeah, trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, I got out a little bit today and try well, to walk. We yeah, we could. We could have a uh, like a sort of like a friendly wager on who has the most steps in the next two weeks to keep yeah. trying to give us a bit of competition. Get on the Apple Watch and. Um, Start a competition. You can compete against each other on Apple Watch. I'm with a few friends on that, and I get a notification each time they they've done a workout. So they're um, hairdressers. So unfortunately, they're off work at the moment. So they're constantly getting notifications during the day of um, Jay's has done a workout. And I'm going, oh, bloody hell! <laughs> I'm just sitting inside for another um, four hours. You need, so. the, you need one of those desks on top of a treadmill. That's what we need. Yeah, I looked at one of the cycling desks the other day on Kogan. So um. Yeah, that was interesting. So um, whilst we've been ex- in ex- stuck inside here in Victoria, um, I don't know about both of you, but I've found that more and more people are starting to look at their finances a little bit more than normal. I guess that having a bit of extra free time um, allows you to sit and start to think about what the future holds for you and different things like that. And the common theme that I've personally found around people that have been booking an appointment is that they've all been, or a lot of them have been around the age 40. So I'm not sure if it's... House, what do you mean around 40? I just recut my budget on Monday for our family household. And um, hey, I'm on the wrong side of 30, that's for sure. But oh, I still consider myself smack bang in the middle. Yeah. 
so a little they, bit older. We, when we, yeah. Where are we drawing the line here? Where's the early forties? Um, they've been so they've they've gone over the milestone of forty. Um, so I think that that's spurred something on in them to start to go. Okay, I'll start to think about what my finances are. A lot of them have been saving a lot more money during COVID because expenses are quite a bit lower. So a lot of these um, clients like used to really love travel and spending their money on things like that, which they can't at the moment. And then they're starting to, to save and starting to go, oh, this actually feels quite good seeing my bank account grow. And, um, yeah. and even if they bought that. the, if they had have spent the money on the Father's Day lunch from Provador, they would have got a refund because <laughs> it didn't arrive until the day after Father's Day. Well, listen, I just ordered from Provador today. So I saw all the um, <laughs> issues going on with that. So I, I think yeah, I ordered them. Big right shout time. out to That's Shane amazing. Dahlia. I uh, hope he's doing okay. <laughs> so that was pretty rough. I think he... You did okay to sort of front up to the uh, Instagram camera and sort of get the word out there, but that's a that's a brutal Father's Day for some people. <laughs> <laughs> Very brutal. Um, so I thought what we talk about today, on the back of that, is what financial moves people should be making in their forties, uh, because it is quite a pivotal life stage, I guess, where you can start to really do a lot of work to hit your future goals, um, and there's still a lot of time to make um, a meaningful impact. So I guess. I might kick it off to you first, Anthony, and why is it important for people in their 40s to start to look at their finances? Well, it depends on the situation, but generally, if we're looking at mid-40s, you've got about 20 years left in the 40s, maybe, maybe less, depending on your situation. It's definitely the time where you really want to know, have a plan in place and make sure you know where the next 20 to 15, uh, 10 to 15 years are going. But also, you might, it depends, again, depends on your situation, but you might have come into a bit more cash flow, whether you've been established in your career, your salary is a little higher. Uh, if you've had a family young, kids have grown up a little bit, you're, you're over that sort of early part of having dependents. Um, or if you're single, you've hopefully put a lot, uh, planned your finances quite well and you're in a really good position to make some decisions. But you've also got some options where you can look at, you know, starting to get your superannuation in place, but hopefully you've got the cash flow to look elsewhere. But the main thing is you've got time, but you don't want to be entering your 50s without a solid plan in place and something where you can create some wealth that can, you know, give you, give you some options. Yeah, then, what about you, Pete? Why do you think it's important? Um, do you agree with most of Anthony's points there? 100%. So I'd agree with all those. I think, I think 40s is really the new, it is the new 30s. And I think, you know, you sort of flippantly people joke about it sort of, but I think life is sort of stretched out. So it is almost like a decade later because I think most people in their 40s still have a young family. So you're still going through <clears throat> the pain and the pleasure of educating children. So in the sort of the financial investment that that is. Um, so you probably, you're coming up to your peak earnings. So you're sort of at your peak of your powers in your career uh, before you're even starting to think about winding down and sort of uh, work-life balance. You're in that sort of, you know, the bit where you're established, you can make some decisions, you're earning good money. You've probably got a decent sized debt because you've, you've bought the family home and got something a little bit bigger to fit your family in and, you know, you got the chicken coop out the backyard, cubby house, basketball court, you know, <laughs> an office for you and your spouse. All Have you just named your, your new house? <laughs> I just described your new place, haven't you? <laughs> basketball ring on the floor. <laughs> Take <a minute>. Yeah. <laughs> no one was harmed in the making of the basketball <laughs> ring. <laughs> but I think that's the, the challenge is because mm. you've got those, the high expense load, but the high income load, 
It is the one that's probably the most telling decade if you're talking about breaking up your accumulation years. It's almost like in sporting parlance, it's the third quarter. It's the, it's the premiership quarter. It's the one that makes the biggest impact because if you'd make the right decisions now, you have the financial means and resources to have the highest impact. Um, yeah, the, the compounding factor has a bigger impact in your 50s and beyond, but it's almost where that's hopefully the point in time like Anthony mentioned before, where you, you're almost maintaining the strategy, not so much doing all the grunt work. This is where you can you know, really, really start to sort of put some free cash flow to work, pay down debt. You've got multiple sort of uh, competing priorities you need to serve. And, you know, there's significant financial decisions that you need to make and ramifications for each. So I, I think it's one of the most important decades uh, in your life and sort of, you know, it's quickly approaching for Anthony and myself. Anthony will get there before me, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> By the time we're out of stage four, we'll probably, I'll probably be there in a few <laughs> Um, also, Pete, not to cut you off, but uh, you probably, well, hopefully you're really established in your career or your business. And that's where not only your earning capacity, you can really stretch out your networks and build build your career or business where it does give you a lot more options. And 40s, hopefully, where you're at the, as you said, the peak of your powers. You're in yeah, your prime, I think you've so got more, um, I don't know, you've learned some life lessons along the way as well. So I think you're in a position where you're, financial um, IQ should be at a level where you can probably make more educated decisions. You know yourself a little bit better. I know I'm sort of, you know, every year that goes by, you understand what's important a little bit more, so a bit more clarity. So, what about you, Zach? You're probably, you're the furthest away. This is a, a good, what, 25 years away for you. So, what are you thinking, you know, from uh, what items can you give those people in there for? <laughs> Because you, uh, so you can't speak from your life experience. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Um, so I think it's always important to be looking at your finances, like Anthony mentioned. But I think as you both touched on, it's where you're starting to earn more money. Um, you're still a while away from, for a few people from retirement. So you still have the ability to start now and let compound interest start to work its magic later on as well. Um, and I think as well, if you don't start to look at your finances and start to put a plan in place, you see the common mistake of people then coming to see a financial advisor, um, you know, at age 55 and saying, I want to retire in five years um, without necessarily having the assets or the plan in place to, to do that. So I think the earlier you can start, the better off you're going to be. And you've still got enough time to start to plan towards what some of those goals might be for your future. Yeah, and I think that's um, a good point you made there, because I think if you've made errors in your earlier years, they haven't compounded to the point where they're so significant that they're not sort of reversible. You can't fix them. So I'm just thinking like if you put money in the wrong tax structure, you know, it's far, far bigger uh, an, you know, implication to be doing sort of undoing that in your fifties or sixties. Cause when you've had two decades worth of compounding and sort of regular savings into a sort of a structure. So um, yeah, yeah it is, I think it is, yeah, it is a sort of, I'm pretty excited about sort of my 40s coming up in the next sort of a few years now that we're sort of <laughs> up opening this conversation up. So um, speaking of tax structures, um, should people in their 40s be looking at investments outside of super or should they be starting to focus on superannuation, do you think, Anthony? Uh, both. Uh, definitely uh, you want to have your super set up, obviously, as, as soon as possible, but definitely by your 40s. You want to invest in the right way, the right fees, fee structures, etc. But you want to make sure you, you are adding more higher contributions 
um, because you can, obviously there's the tax benefits and you get it boosted, but just putting in the minimum is definitely not enough. And it's another thing, like you said, you both mentioned before about the compounding return or interest. You definitely want to be starting that a little sooner, but def, uh, you're about 50, 20, 25 years away from preservation and it could keep going out depending on the, uh, the government are operating in 20, 25 years. I thought everyone could get them super whenever they wanted. Yeah, thousand dollars a year. No, is that? Uh, well, there's the COVID, uh, COVID special. Who knows what's happening five or ten years away? Especially in Victoria with the budget uh, deficit that we're going to be. <laughs> but no political uh, rhetoric on here. Thanks. <laughs> leave it there. Uh, you definitely want to be creating wealth outside of super, where you know you can create a passive income. Uh, it has accessibility. And uh, you, you've got a number of options from, you know, shares, properties, you know, the ETS funds. So the options are, are limited, but you definitely want to be looking at both. Uh, what do you think, Pete? I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think you need a bit of both. I think you, it is that time where you need a bit of balance in your life because all this, like, super is so tax effective. So it's, a, it's too big a benefit and too great a tax structure to ignore. Um, so you need to be having a look at going, are you eligible for catch-up contributions? If you're in a couple, have you got balance between you and your spouse? You know, are there opportunities there? Like is one spouse taking some time off to care for kids? Um, so can you contribute to their super and sort of um, get some tax offsets or get some co-contributions? So I think there's all these like mini wins that you can keep having. Um, but if you add all these together, it's just, it's, it's magic. It really is. And it's sort of, it's, if you can get all like the, like a symphony, if you can get it all singing together, it's beautiful. Whereas if you get me on an instrument, it like, sounds like just absolute noise. Um, commercials, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the, I think you're right though. Like super, you can't just put everything in super because all the money in super ain't going to help you until you reach preservation age. Yeah, there's not going to be a, well, hopefully not another COVID or some other thing where they, you know, letting you drip feed ten thousand dollars out or going through financial hardship. You want to plan proactively and make sure you've got the right amount of money outside. And it's a, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a science of trying to, you know, model, project where are you going to be, when are you going to need money and what you're going to need sort of um, to fund before you reach preservation age and then hope the preservation age doesn't change on you too far. Um, if, yeah, I think you're right, Anthony, add five years to it at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have a look at what's going to be tax effective. Do you invest in your spouse's name? Do you look at investment bonds? Do you, you know, have you got, you know, 10 children that you, the family trust might be good? Um, or you sort of, you've got a business that you could sort of run uh, investments through. Those sort of things, I think you need to have a balanced approach and just explore all avenues. And that's why I think this is probably the decade where getting good advice probably has the biggest impact. Um, in terms of getting foundations right. Maybe not the biggest impact from a financial thing, just because balances get bigger and your wealth is probably biggest that it's in your 60s. Um, but, wow, there are, there are some big, big impacts and big changes you can implement in this uh, time period. Uh, and, you know, we're making some broad-based assumptions of, you know, not every 40-year-old going through the same thing. So, um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that's it. What about you, Zach? What do you, what do you got? What do you think... Like, would you be pumping money into super? Would you be, would you try and keep more flexibility? Where's your, what's your gut feeling? Yeah, like it always, always depends, but it depends on what your goals are. So if your um, goals are... Zach. It depends. <laughs> I'm going to cut it on this podcast, thanks. 
it's it's entirely based on what your goals are. So you've got to understand that if you're wanting to retire at age 50 or age, um, you know, early 50s and something like that, then super's not necessarily going to help you. So I see a lot of people um, often boosting their super to the maximum with all their free cash flow. And then you ask them, oh, you know, when are you planning to retire? And they go, oh, I'd love to be early 50s and retire. But they haven't built any assets outside of the family home um, in somewhere where they're going to be able to access those funds or start to take from those funds. So while super is great from a tax perspective, it's not necessarily going to help you to be able to achieve all those goals. Um, but like the likelihood now is that you're going to live a lot longer than ever before. And therefore you're going to be living well into when you're able to access super and super becomes really tax effective and provides a great um, tax structure for you to hold a lot of your assets in later on in life. So I think as you both mentioned, it has to be a mix of both. It should be. It is the the multi-pronged attack. You need multiple paths to goal. Um, And I think even if you're you're thinking about your wealth outside of super, you've got to have short-term, medium-term and long-term money. You know, you don't, yep. you don't put it all on the same. You've got to have your cash buffer. You've got to have your sort of your medium-term stuff that's, you know, less volatile and less exposed to market fluctuations. Then have your, your home run sort of stuff. That you, want it, you want the capital growth. You're happy to sort of take the knocks and the ups and downs. And that's the opportunity. It's going to compound. It's going to grow. And perhaps if you don't end up spending it, that's the, the wealth that transitions at some other point into super as a concessional mm. contribution of a later point or the non-concessional. So um, I think there's some great opportunities there. And, uh, you know, I think you both made some really good points. Definitely. So following on from that, I guess we spoke a little bit there, but what are some of the common traps that you see people in their 40s fall into, Anthony? Uh, probably one big one is uh, feeling the pressure to make up for lost time, whereas they... We see this a lot uh, where people have paid down their mortgage and uh, they've got some good equity in their home, a bit of cash in the bank, their super and nothing, not much, and no, no other assets. So they'd be really wanting to keep up with the Jones, keep up with their friends and maybe take some additional risks like borrowing out of the home into a, an investment, whether it's property, equities, whatever, but without considering the consequences where it may have been the right solution for them. And if it goes wrong and you're borrowing to invest, it can be fatal and set you back years. That's probably the biggest thing <laughs> I've seen that the trap, um, whereas people think there's, they're running out of time. As Pete said, <laughs> every year it does get on. You really do feel like, hey, you know, things are coming quicker. I mean, I'm 37, that's only three years away from myself. So you really want to start, you know, establishing a group, your, your, your foundations and have your plans in place. But I feel some people might feel, hey, I'm, you know, 45 and haven't got anything outside the family home and super really want to get an investment kickstart and might take some additional risk that, you know, may turn out not the best. How about yourself? Yeah, look, I think one of the common things, and I think at the heart of any really, really good wealth creation strategy is cash flow. Now, if you can manage your cash flow well and be a really good allocator of your capital, I think that's, that's going to make or break your success. Um, you're going to have to be very, very, um, have very, very high growth in your income if you're not going to be a good manager of capital. Like you just need exponential growth so you can just flippantly spend money. Um, but I think for the, for the majority of us, we need to actually think through and be purposeful with how we allocate it. And probably the biggest strain of that <clears throat> outside of dumb financial decisions um, is lifestyle creep where, you know, you're sort of trying to, yeah, it's the old keeping up with the Joneses. I don't live next to any Joneses. I actually don't come across many Joneses, but 
Um, yeah, the old keeping up with your like your mates or your next door neighbours or oh, yeah. or you're in an office or you know back you know remember when we were in offices like back in the you know 2019 uh, and you're sort of speaking to your coworkers and they've upgraded their car and did this fancy lease and oh yeah you can do it it's only an extra couple of hundred bucks a, a pay that you get that um, all those sort of things start to be a drain so when you're starting to should be accelerating and growing your wealth you're actually you know, you've got these leaks popping out all over underneath the surface. So it looks nice and shiny. You've got this, this beautiful life for Instagram and what's the mm. new one? A oh, Reels, that is Instagram, isn't it? So it's showing my age here. <laughs> TikTok, is it? TikTok. <laughs> yeah, all those, all, all those sort of things. What is it? Twitter? That, no, I love Twitter. No, um, but yeah, I think that's the problem of <laughs> this is not the time to be spending unless it brings you joy and if it brings you joy that's different that's a lifestyle decision and that's how you go you reconcile and go that's an investment in my happiness but if it's not going to bring you joy and it's just you're just doing it because everyone else is and you don't want to feel like you're not keeping up with everyone and you're not as successful on like externally that's the stuff that you should stop because you should be allocating that towards your wealth creation because it's going to give you more joy. It's going to give you more flexibility. It's going to give you more wealth and options in the future. So I would say fight lifestyle creep. And you know how you fight that? Have a budget. Mm. Have a budget. Stick to your budget. And you know what your budget is? You keep revising it. So when you get a pay increase, you do not spend it. Allocate it. Send it into bank accounts. Hive it off. So please, please, please. Get a good cash flow management plan and budget in place. If you don't have one, happy to give you a free template, put you in touch with some even software that can do it for you. Just do it. It's so powerful. Like I'm, I'm pumped about budgets. Um, I just, I'm just coming fresh off doing our annual reset of our budget and I'm, I'm feeling jacked. I'm loving it. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, following on for that, I'd say like what we've already spoken about is making sure that you're investing um, your money into the right structures. So making sure that the structures that you're going to invest in the future are the right ones to meet your goals. And then one that we haven't really spoken about, but potentially the biggest thing that can derail um, your wealth creation plans in your 40s is your ability not to work. So insurances, Ooh, not yeah. having decent insurances in place, like that's, if there's one thing that's going to pop up that potentially you mightn't be thinking could happen and that has the chance to derail your finances, it's going to be your ability to to work and I will not be able to work. Um, and so due to illness or injury, that's easily avoided by getting the right insurances put in place. Um, yeah. so I think you want a really robust, you want a robust plan B, don't you? You want to know that like, like income protection, is like the, the simple one that you think of, isn't it? Where you go, okay, I can earn a hundred percent of my income. Or, and if I get injured after my sick leave, annual leave, I go to zero. That's not yeah. so good. Or I can go no. my worst case scenario is what? 75% or you can even get more than that now. 80% with some insurance. 80% you can get sometimes. But like even I was speaking to a client the other day and they were saying, oh, like, yeah, but the, what I, the current cover I've got is enough just to cover my expenses and things like that. Oh, um, but you don't, wrong answer. Yeah, because you want to be making sure that you're still continuing on the same path that you are, um, that you're currently on without it. So if you're saving money and putting money into an investment and things like that, if 75% of your income is going to allow you to still do that, then you need to make sure that you're, you're insured for that amount because you don't want to be putting yourself backwards. Um, 
five it's or six months. Not, so in you... your, not in your 40s. It's, it's sort of those moving years of when you really start to build that momentum. So I like that idea. Like it is, it's keeping you on that same trajectory, that path that you're talking about. Um, yeah, and otherwise, and yeah, it's going to cost you, you know, somewhere between one to what, 4% of your income, depending on what sort of occupation you're in. And it's tax deductible. Good yeah. investment. Really good investment. Yeah, but, and, and if you don't have it, like we've you've seen or heard horror stories, it's, um, that's enough to, you know, not completely ruin you financially, but it'll get you pretty close, um, I reckon. So that's, yeah, something very important. Uh, before we go on to the listener question, did you, either of you have anything else to add? What people in their 40s should be thinking about? Any last little bits of gold? Anthony, you got something before I jump in with something? always want to add a little bit more that came up from the weeks what's happened something this week and it's more to do with we're speaking about should you put it into super or outside we just saw the heat absolutely smash the bucks off the floor the bucks had one strategy it's called the greek freak absolutely (laughs) two years in a row being put out of the playoffs because it got found out by a team and multiple options your finances are no different. You want to make sure you've got the right setup and options rather than just one strategy that looks like the Greek freak but can get found out if the opposition does find a wall, as they've said. There you go. Unless you want Bron James and you can do everything yourself. You don't uh, even... I believe he had the same problems, Pete. And now he's got a few other options. He's got, he's got the investment property. He's got the super. He's got the lottery ticket called Anthony Davis. Playoff, playoff Rondo. Yeah, we we got at least we weave basketball in. I was worried we weren't going to get it in here. So playoff Rondo, uh, playoff Rondo's like he's after pay. You know, just come at the right time. <laughs> after Rondo, they should call. What's <laughs> bet? He's just got a mix. So if you just go on it alone, like Giannis is and LeBron has, and I'm sure and most have. MJ did it in the early days. You just got to. You're going to come up to some problems. So you may, you, like, like with, the, uh, with sports, you want to make sure you've got different options to really uh, show different benefits. Very good. Right. What have you got for us, Pete? I don't know. I'm trying to, I'll try and turn it into a basketball analogy as well. <laughs> but I think it's uh, do your research. I think you should be investing in educating yourself. So, and you can do this in a couple of ways. You can read, you can digest information, you can listen to... Uh, five-star podcast such as the Wealth Collective podcast. And if you're this deep already, you must be a, a loyal listener. Um, but I think that's important. So you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I think you've got to either, in, you know, employ the services of someone to do that for you or spend the time to learn it because it's, it's too important a time to be making mistakes now. So I think the way we avoid those is educate, 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 or employ people that are educated in that to help you with those decisions. So uh, I'd be doing that. So it's almost like watching the game tapes before the playoffs. So you want to do that research uh, and make sure you're ready. Not as good an analogy as Anthony's, but yeah, I was on the fly. I didn't know we were doing basketball. Very good. good. I like it. I like it. Um, So we'll go to the listener question quickly. So this week we got a question in from Kate saying, hey guys, love listening to the show. Uh, I've seen the market getting a little bit more volatile this week and thus I've moved my super into cash. Uh, have I made the right move or should I have just waited it out? Um, so do you maybe want to kick us off with this one, Anthony? Uh, yeah, no, no problems. Uh, we've sort of had a few questions similar to this, but this is sort of the reverse, gone into cash. Uh, again, it's 
it depends, as we've said many times. But, I mean, it, it's a sudden move. It can be reversed. But you definitely want to just get some advice before you do that because you might have, depends on what you're invested in. You might be crystallizing some losses, gains. There might be other consequences of transaction costs. Uh, but uh, do we know the age? Sorry, Zach. No, we don't have the age, so... Um, Can everyone please them... email in their age, phone numbers, uh, <laughs> email address? No, no. no, what I'm LinkedIn. saying, what I was referring to, if it's someone who's below 40s or the age group we've been speaking tonight, you know, drip feeder back in or head back in as you definitely got time to access the fund. You haven't got time to access the funds, but if you're closer to retirement, really get some deeper advice on why you did make that move. Um, because you don't want to be put it back in and then move it back out if there's another another dramatic drop when in November when there's a big election overseas. Uh, there could be some volatility then. You want to get some deeper advice and just understand why you made that decision and, you know, if you've got something better off than just putting it in cash. Yeah. What about you, Pete? What would you say to Kate? Yeah, not a lot to add to I, the, the, what... Anthony mentioned at the end there, like the why, like why did you do it? Like we need to understand this. Like, and I'd love to have Kate live on the on the air with us so you could ask that question because, you know, looking at the outside, you're sort of scratching your head, going, "What drove you to this? Like, what did you read in the in the news or what? Yeah, you've obviously thought about the decision and haven't taken it lightly. You you've written to us, so you're sort of second guessing yourself, going, "Oh shit, did I make a mistake here?" <clears throat> um. So I think that's a really important thing to sort of get your head around because like just looking from the outside, we don't know enough about you, but generally speaking, if someone in that age group and that sort of demographic, if we're sort of, well, we're doing 40s today, so let's pretend Kate's in her 40s anyway. It's got decades until you're going to access it and you've got decades after it needs to last you. Mm. How is cash going to be the best investment for you? Like, um, and this is part of that thing of, I think too often people buy into all the news. Like I saw even the Fin Review, which I love reading the Fin Review, but some of the stupid headlines they put in there. Well, we are We're back to where we were in June. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. When was June? What, three, two and a bit months ago? Three <laughs> months ago. My gosh. Wow. Stop the press. Like, <laughs> this is why people make silly decisions. Like, I think people go... Well, if you go on news.com, wow, there's just like, it's just very inflammatory stuff. And people take that as going, oh, that's what's happened. Or like Tesla's dropped X amount of percent. And then I'd peel it back and you look at this and go, oh, yeah, okay, it's still outperformed the S&P 500 by, you know, 15% over the last quarter. But yeah, okay. Yeah, data can be spliced a variety of ways. So uh, understand yourself, I think, is a really good uh, thing. Do I think you should be in cash long-term in superannuation? I'd struggle to, it'd probably be less than 1% of the population based on all of the, like we did get our risk results from Finometrica. Less than 1% of the fact population fit into that risk category that cash makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think that's my two cents worth on, on this one. But I do wish Kate well. And I would say get educated, have a think about it. And then, yeah, definitely reach out to someone. And uh, even if it's your super fund, Super funds can give you some general advice um, just about the, um, oh, that would be a good thing, actually. Understand the worst and best case scenarios of the different risk profiles. Like get as much you know, historical data as you can and go, 
all right, I'm going to go look back at what happened in the last quarter of 2018 and what, what happened in uh, the GFC. So what happened to the balanced profile or a conservative or a growth? And then that should help you make a better decision on what maybe you could stomach because it's highly improbable that you can time the market every time correctly and you're going to miss out on tens and tens and tens of percentage points of growth. By That's very, when you time, time the market, it's very rare that you'll ever end up on top. So I think it was you know, over 90% of yeah, the time. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it before, top. but it was by, you know, absolute sort of uh, <laughs> serendipity that, you know, that yeah. it's happened where, okay, great, that's happened and you'll take it, take a win when it comes, but it's not, um, yeah, you can't predict it. Yeah, definitely. I think that pretty much answers everything. So I think we'll wrap up today's episode. As always, if you've got any questions, email us at connectedpicada.com.au or hit us up on any of our socials. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks, gents. See you later.